Balotelli. Aguero! You're listening to the Football Addicts Podcast. Here's Hulk! Dini! And in this week's pod, we will look at the fallout from the Premier League, which sees Liverpool suffering yet another defeat at the hands of Leicester, Manchester United scraping a draw against Big Sam's West Brom, and Man City looking like they might win all their remaining games of the season. We'll also look ahead to a massive week of European football, so stick around for more. Right, and we are back after what seems like a while. You've you're a year older. Oh yeah, I am. Twenty twenty three now. How was oh. your birthday weekend? Fucking shit. To be fair, just watched the footy. Not much else to do really, is there? Well, you won a big bet, didn't you, on the old horse yeah, racing? On, on old big dog. Big dog. What Don't was know it? if you saw on Twitter, but I uh, put fifty pound on the uh, big dog to win some random race. He's only just gone and done it at eleven to two. 325 sheets back yeah. that's, that's your betting money for the next couple it's of weeks isn't it? lovely stuff right so as it was Valentine's weekend this weekend I want to start off with a bit of fun on the podcast we're going to go through all 20 Premier League teams and just name one player that we love it can be whether the way they play or whether they're a bit of a shit house or their personality anything really we're not going to go into too many stats just a bit of fun to start off the pod so starting off with Arsenal who are you gone with uh, Bukayo Saka reasons just a young England player isn't he so I think we've took this the complete different I've gone David Louise as stupid as it sounds right from a neutral's point of view when he plays you know you're getting something from the game yeah. it can be a red card it can be a 35 yard free kick I, 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 love him. I remember when we was watching the semi-final at the park and then David Louise was playing I was just te- Five points deep, and I was just trying to say, oh, he's just a quality defender, and he actually had a worldy other game. Yeah, with David Luiz, you don't know what you're getting to do. You can be one of the world's best defenders on his day, or he can be sent off and give away yeah. two penalties within 15 minutes. But that's why I went for him, because I just like that sort of, like, you don't know what you get kind of factor. Uh, second team on the list, we're going in alphabetical order, by the way. Um, Aston Villa. Yeah, Grealish. See, I was going to go Grealish, but I thought that's the obvious answer. I've gone for Matt Target. Oh yeah. Because to be fair, I'm gonna go for Target as well. That what 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 it is is obviously I love Grealish more than any other player, but that's the obvious answer. But that zero to hero that Matt Target's gone from, yeah. it's like I really look at him like go on Matt Target. Ever like, since Ben Lester gave me that signed photo, he's just been world class. Yeah, he? fucking honestly. And I love how like nobody he's one of them players that if you're not a Villa fan, you, you kind of goes unnoticed, don't you? Like you don't yeah. look at Villa this season and think Target. You think oh, I get, I get a bit protective and... over him now. Like obviously last season I was like get this absolute numpty out of the team, but now I kind of get protective. Like he's my brother or something. I'm like <laughs> you can't say anything bad about him. Yeah. Uh, Brighton, I've gone for Eve Basuma. I've I've said on the podcast how good I think he is. Yeah, I love the way he plays I love him as well. Yeah, he's going to get a big move, I reckon. I've gone with Lamptey, kind of. At the start of the season, I, I loved Lamptey. Obviously, he's been injured a bit recently, but it was either him or Basuma for me. Yeah, running up and down that channel. Brighton had a few contenders, to be fair. They play good stuff. Burnley, I thought, was one of the easiest ones. Nick Pope. <laughs> really? Who oh, have you gone for? I've gone for Matty Loughton, because that goal. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Matty Loughton, he's a player, to be fair. He scored another good goal this weekend, mm. didn't he? Um, and obviously that one against Stoke when the Villa won three one. That was a worldy day. That's what that's that's the one away day that I'm like I wish I went to. Yeah, definitely. Because you look at that away end, um, it was class. 
that was like a must, like one of the most important goals as well, because it was like it looked like we was gonna go down. Yeah, it was down in the dumps, weren't we? Yeah. Chelsea. If we had both picked in Golo Kante. Yeah, he's just too cute. cute. (laughs) I was thinking about this list before we come on here and I just thought if you walked in and he was donging your missus, you just you just go ah, wouldn't you? And just like get, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I've never You'd make him a cup of tea. Yeah, he's just so honestly like he's just the way he goes about himself. He doesn't he never seems to moan. Like you know, sometimes a player going for a fifty-fifty and get the ball, but the ref will give a free kick and they'll throw their arms up and be like, "What the fuck yeah. was that?" Kante just turns around. He just plays the game because that's the game that he loves. And he smiles well, cute as well. Yeah, Crystal Palace. I've gone for Gary Cale. Yeah, I've gone for Ben Teke. <laughs> <laughs> I just like, I, 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 mate, he's one of them players that I'll never like, you'll never leave my heart just because of those three Do seasons. You, I, forgot, Villa. I forgot that he played from Tefeb. I went for Cale because he's been, he's been around for so many years in the Premier League. He's won titles at Chelsea. He came in to make a big difference next to JT. I just think, think he's always just I don't know, he just seems like quite a likeable god, but I forgot about Benteke, obviously. I had a man crush on Benteke for four years yeah. when he was at the Villa. So I can see why you went for that, to be fair. Uh, Everton, I thought Everton was a tough one, to be fair. They ain't got many personalities it, in that team that it draw me to them. Yeah. I was I, thinking maybe Decore, but who have you gone for? James Rodriguez. See, when I look at James, I'm like, yeah, he can play the good stuff, but there's no sort of like affinity there. Well, yeah, it was just Everton's. When I was struggling, and then I thought a bit of a dry that 2014 man, World Cup, I was just in love with Hamas. So. I went for Alan because he's done me absolute bits on Ultimate Team over the years, <laughs> whether it be at Napoli or at Everton. He's locked down that midfield role. Yeah. It sounds stupid, but that's how that's how dead it was for Everton. Struggled with the next team a bit as well. Fulham. I went mm. for. Won't be surprised. He played this weekend and. I thought he played really well, so that probably swayed it a bit for me. Harrison Reed, the little ginger one in midfield, because oh, yeah. right. he reminds me a bit of Barry Banner. Like he's only like five foot five, five foot six in the middle of the park, but he's low centre of gravity. I think he played. Oh, I yeah, like him. to be fair, I've never really noticed him before. He's one of them players that you don't really get spoken about, but no. he had a class game the other day. Yeah, who you gone for? I went with Adamola Luckman. Just couldn't really think of anyone that. Uh, exciting for Fulham at the moment. No, he's he seems like a good lad. Obviously, he's bounced back from that penalty miss quite well, only which I think shows mm. a lot of good character. Leeds United. Oh, this was just who I don't hate at all, <laughs> really, because I hate most Leeds players. I went with that Rafina at right wing. Yeah, yeah he's, he's had an alright season. Yeah, he's a decent player. I went with Alioski because he's always trying to fight people. Oh yeah, I just like that. Like, can... I love that video where it was it like Janssen or something. And like he just slaps him around the head. Oh and yeah, yeah. This is another one where he's squaring up to someone in the championship, like someone who's like six foot. He just don't give a shit. Like he's this little, I think he's from Macedonia. This little Macedonian just rocking up and just trying to throw fists with everyone, which I personally want to see more of in the game. Leicester City, who are you going with? Jamie Vardy. Why? Shit house, then. Yeah, I loved it. I do love Vardy to be fair. I thought there was quite a few uh, people that you could have gone with for Leicester. I went with James Madison because I've seen him in quite a lot of interviews recently and he actually seems like one of the soundest guys. Well, you can tell like he's got a job in like punditry when he's older. He just he, he don't like speak like a robot like most footballers yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. Comes to hundred percent. I watched him. You know, you see them Saturday socials or the FIFA stats ones. Like uh, he, the way he talks, I think. Yeah, it's one of them. Like you can imagine having a part. Yeah, down I was about the pub. to say you could definitely have a conversation with him down the road. Yeah, hundred percent. I don't feel like he turn you, turn his nose up at your sort of thing yeah. either. If you wanted to have a chat with him, Liverpool. 
I was going to go for Andy Robertson, but I think the last 12 to 18 months with how good Liverpool have been, he got very cocky and very arrogant for my luck, and it's kind of like turned into a bit of a yeah. cunt. So I've gone for James Milner. Yeah, that Villa link again. I went with Milner as well. He's just been at top level for Yeah, not exactly. Ages. He's been playing Premier League football since 2003. He's the epitome of a professional when it comes to footballer. Always fit. Can play multiple different positions, doesn't moan. Manager's just, dream. Yeah, it? manager's dream. I think I would have picked Milner if he didn't play for Villa as well. He's just one of them players yeah. that you just can't can't hate. Yeah. Man City, obviously they've got a lot of talent. And I've gone for my favourite player in the world who I love to watch, which is Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, I went with De Bruyne and then Foden's special mention. Yeah, De Bruyne, just, I know he's injured at the minute, but over the last three or four years, some of the stuff he does, his passing range with that football, you just like, mm. it's... It's so good, and to watch it week in week out, and he, he's enough one. He, he, he's just such a hard worker. Like everyone talks about how good he is with the got his goals and assists and his range of passing and that, but you also don't mind getting stuck in as well. And he generally seems like a, a decent geezer. Obviously, he got rejected by Chelsea when he was younger and got shipped out to Wolfsburg. So to come back from there and now be one of the best players in the world, I think shows. He's just a fun player to watch, isn't he? Yeah, uh, Manchester United. I went for Luke Shaw. Yeah, I've went for Luke Shaw as well. I just like his comeback to football. He was... Yeah, he had that horror injury, didn't he? You had Mourinho calling him yeah. fat and overweight for many years. Like a lot of footballers would have went fuck this, and yeah, you know. But he's this season he's been great, and yeah, just another top guy. Newcastle, Saint Maximin. Yeah, he's exciting to watch. Eddie, I Great love watching him. I was at Newcastle. Is there apart from him when Newcastle play? It's like ugh. The only positive is if he's on the pitch because you can yeah. get those glimpses of magic. Probably one of the toughest ones of the list that we were both speaking about before we started recording was Sheffield United. Mm. They're just... With Sheffield United, it's, it is very much like a... They're not, they haven't got any standout players. That's why they're so good last year. They're very much a team, aren't they? So it's very hard to pick out one individual that you love. But I went with McGodrick up front. I remember him in the Championship. I thought he was good with his feet. His hold-up play was all right. And I think he's been very unlucky with... Uh, how poor his finishing's been in, since he's been in the Premier League so I went for him oh, I went with Phil Jagielka oh thought, yeah he's a staple yeah he's one of them he was, you didn't think he was going to play football again came in against United had a great game yeah yeah uh, Southampton up next purely for the David Beckham free kicks I've gone for James Ward-Prowse honourable mentions for Danny Ings. Well, I was going to go Ward Prowse, but I didn't like him when he scored against Villa, so I didn't. Who did you go for? Danny Ings. Danny Ings. Yeah, I just, I like how he's just come from Liverpool and he's just done wonders. At, yeah, he's, he's one of them players that you can't really see in him moving to a bigger club because you think that Southampton's his level. I think you forget yeah. as well with Danny Ings is, oh, for some reason, I thought he was like 30. He's only like 26, 27, I think. He's not nowhere near his... Yeah, it's falling off. one, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, next up, Tottenham Hotspur. I think there's a few candidates in this, obviously, because of the documentary mm. that they did. I think we've grown to like a lot of players. I've gone for. I've gone for talent, so I've gone for Ndombele. Oh yeah, I, I, I love watching. Yeah, his poor Spurs have been this season, and every game I've watched Spurs, I'm like, this is crap. He just shows those glimpses of he's a top top player. I've just gone for Harry Kane, just yeah, England link. Kane or Son was going to be there, yeah. Kane for obviously what he did for us in the World Cup and that, and hoping to emulate that those performances in the Euros this season. So, 
Yeah, all aboard the Kane train. West Brom. I was going to try and cheat and choose their manager, Big Sam, because he's just a fucking <laughs> absolute shithouse, any. But I've gone for Snodgrass, probably from his loan spell at the Ooh, Villa. Yeah, um, that's a good one, that. Yeah, he's learned spell at the Villa. He's always making little uh, videos on the Villa YouTube page, like the young classic commentary and that, and he's fucking thick Scottish accent. He seems like a proper class geezer to be around, to be fair. I went with uh, Sam Johnson in the net. He's had a worldie of a season, so... Far. Oh, I don't like Sam Johnson. No, I don't. I Why so. not? Because obviously, he, we, had him, we had him on loan, didn't we, and we didn't go up that season, and he went to West Brom and was still in this championship anyway. So yeah. I was like, you know what, maybe yeah, that was I think, us. I think that was more to do with... Us, not Pate. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. completely get that, but... Um, yeah, it is what I bet it is. he regrets it. regrets not staying now, though, don't he? Yeah. Right <laughs> um, West Ham, I went for... There's a few for West Ham to be fair, Antonio, a lot Declan Rice. Um it was a toss up for me between Declan Rice and Kufal. On the pitch I'm going Kufal because I just like how a man it's David Moyes will say a like, lot in the Villa game, for example, stick to Grealish and don't leave his backside yeah. all game. And he's not the most technical, but he's a hard grafter and he's a hard worker and he just goes about his business on the pitch without being mm. too dramatical. I do like Declan Rice, so I've seen him do videos with um tubes on the tubes his golf channel and he seems like a proper Sound lad as well, but I've gone for Kufal as my favourite West Ham player. I've gone for Antonio for that's, one that tweet put, the other day. Yeah, <laughs> one for that tweet the other day, and the other one for putting Pereira on his ass. Was it Pereira against West Brom? Oh yeah, when he sent him back to fucking yeah. when he sent him back to Brazil. That was that was jokes, but yeah. And then finally we go on to Wolverhampton Wanderers. I think Wolves have lost a bit of identity. So mm. I'm struggling to find any sort of love or passion for a player. But for the way he plays this season, I've gone for Neto. Yeah, very, I've gone for Neto as yeah, well. Yeah, very exciting player. He's only young as well, isn't he? Yeah, I was, I was going to go for Cody, to be fair. I don't mind Cody. He's, he's, he's quite a likeable guy. But mm. I went for Neto because he's been exhilarating. Right, that's our list done. So now we shall move on to the Premier League games from the weekend. Starting off with... We'll start off with the Villa game because we are Villa fans but I want to get it over and done with because from our point of view it was for me it was the worst performance I've seen Just us do. forget it don't you? It's one of them. I think that's our, that's our worst performance of the season. I know we got a point Yeah. but I think that point papers over a lot of cracks in this game. We were absolutely dreadful. To put it into perspective we had 0.14 expected goals compared to 2.36 for Brighton. And we knew, we know Brighton, they play well. They always have high expected goals, but they just can't put the ball in the back of the net. But if it weren't for Emi Martinez... Mm. Yeah, he's fucking loved that guy, man. He is unreal. You, just, you'd have been looking at 2-3-0 Brighton easy. Yeah, Brighton fans must be pissed off as not, not getting anything out of that. Yeah. We, we were shit. It's just... And obviously... Uh, We'll go back to Brighton in a minute, but from a Villa point of view, where, where, where did it go wrong for you this game? And not just this game, I think you can mm-hmm. look at comparisons between this game, the Southampton game where we won 1-0, but we were diabolical in that game, the West Ham game where we lost 3-1, we was diabolical in that game, Arsenal we won, but we did get overrun in the... It was pretty average, weren't we? Yeah, it's pretty average. We, we limited their chances, but I think that's just more through Arsenal not being able to break yeah. us down than yeah. us being good. And I think it's all stemming from the midfield. You look at the start of the season and over the Christmas period, we was having you know, 60, 65% possession in a lot of our games, regardless of the opposition, whereas now it's completely dropped. Um, what are you thinking? What it's you th- like, it feels like the games that we played last season, we was playing better in, in them games than we are 
in the last five this season. Which yeah, yeah. It's oh, like a hard yeah. one. It's like, it's like we've lost that ur- urgency to press teams that we had earlier on in the season as well. And obviously, you know, it has been a condensed season. For the last couple of weeks, we have been playing Sunday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Saturday sort of thing. But I thought with a week off from the Arsenal game, we've come out of this one, probably had a few mm. days off in the week, had a proper good tactical training session, and I thought we was going to come out all guns blazing. But it was anything but. I mean, can you remember any chances that we had? We had one Ross Barkley shot from 20 yards that went straight into the keeper's yeah. hands. Well, this was on my birthday, and it, so I was pretty fucked. So luckily <laughs> I don't remember the game that much. All I know is Martinez having a worldie. Well, I was sat there watching it on... Oh, to be fair, uh, for my Valentine's present, I've got a new projector on the wall, so that, mm. I got that set up and was watching it. And, um, yeah, it was just... It was the first game this season where I was probably spent as much time on my phone as I did watching the game, because I was just like, I just we are horrendous. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't see us scoring anything. And, you know, credit for Brighton, I think, tactically from their point of view, without Lamptey, Voutman playing for might have been a bit of a benefit because Lamptey locks to push forward but without Voutman he was instructed to stay on Grealish and follow everywhere he goes a bit like what um, David Moyes did with West Ham and you got to say it worked like you say limited us to 0.14 expected goals that's by far the lowest we've had this season and it's not like Brighton just sat back though is it? It's no, like no. They, they went for us yeah they like... definitely deserved the win I think Definitely got to be counting our lucky stars after that one to even walk away at a point. Yeah. Absolutely. And I hope that, you know, we haven't had luck always go away this season. There's been a lot of games where we've had more of the ball, had the better chances and not walked away of anything. So we've just got to, you know, this one's gone for us, fortunately, but we need to bounce back next weekend. But what I've, changes you think they're making? Well, I don't want to criticise the players too much. Personally, for me, John McGinn has been one of my favourite players in the Villa shirt over the last couple of years. Mm. I don't think he suits this defensive midfield role whatsoever. No, I don't. I, I don't think it's. It, when I think of John McGinn at his best, you know, remember in the playoff final when he, he puts his ass into someone, he's, he's on the half turn looking mm. to you know stimulate a counter attack, win the ball lot quite high up and push forward. But playing in this defensive role, you're asking him to do things a bit different. He has to be a bit more switched on of where other players are around him. He has to try and dictate the tempo a bit more and find a 30-yard pass out wide. And I don't think he's as good as that as what he is in that kind of Mazzala role, getting into the box yeah. late, scoring goals. I think that's one of his best attributes. And also the positions which he loses the ball are like dangerous positions yeah, when he's yeah, back. Yeah, when he was playing in that more... When he was playing 4-3-3 with one holding midfielder and then him and maybe Horahan just in front, yeah. he'd be the one out of the three that would get forward and get into the box. So you could, if he t- tried to take someone on, on the edge of the 18-yard box, it didn't matter as much, whereas now it's happening on the edge of our 18-yard box and it's costing us chances. And then also... I think since Barkley's come back from injury, he's been... I mean, the only word for it is abysmal. I don't want to get on our players' two backs too much. We've had a good year, but you've got to criticise I think he's the one player, year. if he was a scapegoat, like, it would be him. Because with the other players, it could just be the formation isn't working for us, that we're tired. That it just seems like we're playing with t- 10 men. It sounds harsh to yeah, say. Yeah, no, but... 100%. And, you know, you look at the West Ham game or... Um, the Brighton game, when they're playing five at the back with wing-backs, I'm expecting us to dominate the midfield battle because we're yeah. always going to have a three in there with the two holding and one just in front. But like you say, Southampton was another one. They played 4-4-2 and you're thinking, how are we not dominating the game here or dominating the ball when it's three on two in the middle? 
just nowhere near it. Um, constantly doing little, we're clearing the ball and instead of trying to get our foot on it and look for a pass, we're trying to do little flicks to get out. And it's, so when it works, it's great. But when it doesn't, you're just putting yourself back under the cosh again. So, I mean, we've got Leicester coming up on the weekend and I think something definitely needs to change in that midfield three, I think. You thought Sanson did okay when he oh, came that in. first touch he did when he come on. I was like, this kid's got some quality he can play. Yeah. Um, he's had a few get. He's had a few minutes here and there. He's been at the club for a few weeks now, so I'm thinking we might be bedded in. So if he doesn't start, I think you know as much as poor as he was last season. When he's coming this season, I think the camber's done the job all yeah. right. Yeah, he's, he's you know what you get. You know, you know what you get with him, don't you? You're not going to get yeah. 35, 40 yard raking half volley passes, but he's just going to get his foot on the ball and play it simple. And I think that's what we need right and now. That's what pushes McGinn up if we play Nakamba over Barkley or yeah. For me, next game I'd look at maybe bringing in Nakamba to play next to Louise because then you've got Nakamba as the ball winning midfielder. Little simple pass to Louise. We know Louise has got the range of passing and he's quite good with his feet, so he can then play at the back. Um, and then, like you say, push McGinn into that slightly more forward role, getting into the box, getting on the end of chances, because his shooting's really good, Yeah, his dribbling's good, and all that sort of stuff. So Leicester will punish us as well if we play like that against them. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah like I said, going back onto Brighton, I'd say personally that, although they didn't win, the way they played, I'd say it's the best team we've played this season. Mm. Yeah, maybe, Man, maybe Man City are obviously going to be up there. Leeds dominated us as well. So they're the three games this season where I can walk away and go, Jesus Christ, Lord, we didn't deserve to get anything out of them games. Yeah. So I was think... That, was that our least expected goals? Yeah, not put one for yeah, definitely. I think since we've come up, even last season, I think that might have been the lowest as well, not point one four. Like I say, we didn't have a sniff. Um, to put that into perspective, Brighton had 26 attempts on goal to Villa's four. They had nine on target to add one. So we just got to count ourselves lucky there. Thank the thank Martinez and thank the Argentinian gods for giving birth to him. <laughs> and um, yeah, we move we move on. We move on to next week's game. Uh, this game, I thought going into the weekend was going to be one of the most exciting, and it didn't disappoint. Leicester City three one against Liverpool. What looked like a bit of redemption for Liverpool was all thrown away in seven minutes due to. We had VAR controversy. We had Kong Fu Allison coming out of his goal. It literally just went to shit. Um, starting off with Liverpool's first goal, that was a great bit of skill, weren't it, by Firmino, that little... Oh, yeah. Their, their first goal was actually class, to be fair. I did like it. It was well worked. Yeah, it was well worked. Came, ball came out to Trent. He's put it back into the box. Firmino's like... I don't even know what this skill moves called. He just sat, he stepped on the ball and then did like a roulette turn and rolled it into Salah. Yeah. And when Salah hit it, I thought, there's no way that's got enough power on it to yeah, beat the I keeper. Yeah, lucky miss hit it. Yeah, it's it? like in slow motion, but it's just gone into the side net and pass mark. And you're thinking, you know, I thought they were quite lucky maybe with Vardy missing a few chances in the first yeah. half. He hit the bar, didn't he? They had another one where um, Alisson just got out to him. Um, but when they went one the look you thought they've had the possession this game they could easily close this out the way they've been playing it's what, that, it's what they needed wasn't it just to you know if they could have closed that out I think that sort of stops the pressure that's being put on from media and fans yeah. about their performances but then I mean we're going to the controversy now for the equaliser was it Madison going into the box or on the edge of the box uh, or was it Barnes Harvey Barnes I think it was it was one of the two and there you've got I think it was Trent and Thiago 
And you just, where's he going there? The, mm. the play, there's no, Thiago, right, as much as I thought he was going to come in and be this luxurious midfielder who's pinging 50-yard passes left, right and centre, he's one of the most rash midfielders I've ever seen. Yeah. He's always slow tackling. He's always giving away yellow cards. He's always giving away stupid free kicks. And you're thinking, what are you doing in that situation? You, you were, like, he's one of the top pros. He's done it at the highest level. You think he'd be a lot more disciplined than that. Um, obviously, you got the whole inside out the box malarkey. It tends to be... We've, we saw it a couple of weeks ago with the United game, didn't we, against Southampton when Cavani was brought down on the edge. They tend to side with the defensive team and give the free mm. kick. So you had all that debacle. And then you had the ball whipped in and it's gone in. And then you've got this whole offside debacle. What did you think about the whole offside? Was it offside? Well, where the line... You saw the picture of the line. Oh, I, did, I didn't know where they got this light blue line from for Liverpool's... For me, those foot was I, it. I couldn't see the Liverpool player's foot. And not only that... I'm looking at it, and they're measuring from. I think it was Amati, the player, who went to attack the ball. They're looking from. They're measuring it from the sleeve. They're measuring it from his sleeve, but not even the furthest point of his sleeve. It's like mm. a couple of inches away, and I'm just like, uh, it's not consistent, is it? It's not even. It's not consistent. But how stupid do we sound talking about? Oh, they weren't measuring from the edge of his sleeve. Yeah. Like, what is the world coming to that this is what we're having to talk about? Um... I was just baffled where those get because to me it looked like offside. Yeah, I thought I thought when they was giving the lines, immediately you think, oh, that's that's offside, and then all of a sudden you see it. I, I, I saw it said onside. I was, I, absolute, it was I was absolutely flummoxed. I was like, how on earth they've come up with that? And I really don't know what the answer is. I, I'm sick of speaking about it. Um, yeah, so that was the equaliser to make it one-one, and then. <laughs> I, I actually feel a bit sorry for Alison. Everyone can so, something. Do you? Yeah, I was about to say, like when these big teams lose and that, I think it is quite funny because you're going to listen to talk sport and they're all going to come on raging and stuff like yeah. that. But after what happened against Man City last week with them, I'd argue three errors, the two passes and the Phil Foden goal was straight at him. I thought he should have saved yeah. it. You're thinking here, just. In a game like this, just do all the simple things right. When the ball comes to you, if there's an easy pass on, go for it. If not, just clear your ball. Uh, don't make any mistakes. And the ball comes over the top, and I thought Kabak was in control of the situation. Mm. Bless him, this little 20-year-old fella coming over <laughs> from Schalke. And out of nowhere, Kong Fu Allison, watching a bit too much of the old Cobra Kai, has come flying out of his goal. <laughs> and the ball just fell to Jamie Vardy for what will be probably the easiest goal of his life. And you're just like... It's just gone from bad to worse for Alisson. That's four mistakes in two games now. One of the most from going from one of the most consistent goalkeepers in the league over the last eighteen months now to this in the last couple of weeks. Where, where do you think this stems from? It's just for me, it's like with Alisson. I've never. If you asked me before the Man City game, I said best keeper in the world, probably. Like really? Yeah, I just I've don't, never seen him make that many mistakes and then all of a sudden it just came out of nowhere and he's just shit so it's, I don't know it's just I mean the, the, it just seems like everything's going wrong at Liverpool right now yeah the so called mentality monsters what they've been calling themselves over the last 18 months mm. mentality mice that should be what they're called now because I think these Alisson mistakes are just lack of concentration and just lack of that confidence and belief they're absolutely shot to pieces with confidence um and then Harvey Barnes goes and makes it 3-1 on the counter-attack. When they're 2-1 down, then Liverpool, they're having to step higher up again like they was in the first half. And it just 
led to exposure in beyond the lines. Trent halfway up the pitch trying to get balls into the box, just leaving Barnes unmarked, and he goes through and tucks it away nicely. Well, it was, was it um, Salah lost the ball, didn't he, for the third, third goal? It just came from that. And then it were, I didn't think any of the goals were Kabak's fault, the new guy. No, I didn't either. It's a tough game for him to come into, to be fair. Um, still playing Henderson at centre back, which I don't know why you're doing that. I think. Yeah. Play either you know Williams or Phillips or and just you need Henderson if that's one thing I think you can criticise Klopp for we've seen in these last few weeks now how important Henderson is in the middle of the park and yeah. he's still playing him at centre back what 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 I think a lot of these managers it comes to arrogance don't it like because the media of football criticising for it mate it kind of you, yeah they don't want to say okay you're all right I'm yeah, wrong sort that, of thing they don't like that I think yeah. Um, Okay, to be fair to Leicester, although you had these mistakes from Liverpool and the VAR controversy, although they had only had 38% possession of the ball, they definitely had the best chances. Yeah. They had uh, 2.63 ex- expected goals to Liverpool's 1.07. Um, did you hear Klopp's post-match interview? Seemed, I think he was almost in tears, weren't he? Was this the one where he just, they asked him about if uh, he's conceding the title and he went, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, well... He was uh, eight what? to eleven with the bookies to be the next one sacked. I don't know if it's still that now, but it seems ridiculous f- considering where they were last yeah. season to where they are now. Um, and as, uh, it's hard to criticise Klopp. Obviously, I know he's there's been a lot in the media about not being able to attend his mother's funeral and that. But I just, I've just. He's always seems to got an ex- have an excuse for everything yeah. all the time, and it's been like that for a while. He's turning and, into like the new Mourinho. Yeah, the, the way the way he speaks to the media, some of his responses. I think obviously you don't want to. Sometimes after you're a lost, the last thing you want is to be sat in front of a load of cameras and microphones and being asked certain questions. But yeah, I, ju- I just think his demeanour's just taken a little bit of a turn I, for the I worst. Used to love him, I did. Like when he first joined the league, I thought he was breath fresh air. He's like yeah. Hungry, and then just I think he's now like the most hated manager in the league. Yeah, I don't like the guy. Really. I'd also agree. So yeah, that's a, another defeat for Liverpool now, uh, and we're going to the next game where it looks like they'll be handing the title over to Manchester City with three 0 victors against Tottenham Hotspur. Yet again, another dominant performance by City. They controlled the game. Um, the only chance I can think of Spurs really having was the Kane free kick early yeah. on. Um, and if that goes in, that's what that's the way Mourinho wants to play, isn't it? Go up early one 0 then try and sit back and hold on to the the one 0 lead. But unfortunately, it the post for them um, weren't really a chance, though, was it? It's just no, nah, nah, yeah, you know, if that goes in, you're like bloody hell. That's that's yeah. an absolute worldie to get beaten by that. Um, City go one 0 up with a Rodri penalty. I thought the penalty was a tad harsh, to be fair, because Hoiberg weren't even looking. It was one of them where the players ran past him. It's looked a tangle of legs. Mourinho's calling it a modern penalty now, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, had a, I actually had a bet on Edison to score in this game. Yeah. With Gundogan's penalty last week, I was like, who else have they got to take him? Aguero's yeah. not playing. De Bruyne is not playing. Sterling misses him all the time. Mares misses him all the time. Gundogan misses him all the time. I was like, this is Edison's week. Yeah. And I had a bet on him to score, and he looked like he was coming up the pitch. I was like, go on, Edison. And then Rodri takes it. Fucking shit pen as well. Horrendous though. penalty. It reminded me of Eric Dyer's against Colombia. It was worse than that, but yeah, I know what you mean. Where like the keeper's got to be looking at themselves. Oh my like, how did god! They save that? Hugo Lloris, you've won a World Cup. Just retire. <laughs> Absolute 
proper Dom wrists, I'll say it again, get the mango chutney out and dip his wrists into it. How on earth does he not get a stronger hand to that? Yeah. What more can you want as a goalkeeper? Dive the right way, you're there. Just get your hand on it. And Oh, my Christ. He's costing them so many points between not him, Dyer. Their defence is absolutely shambolic and as, as long as Mourinho's there they ain't going to win anything I don't think they're going to win the Carabao Cup with a defence and goalkeeper like that at all I mean, it's frustrating because you look at the top end of the pitch it's got so many good players I just don't know what uh, yeah he makes I thought he made another mistake as well for the Gundogan yeah. goal yeah I'd say them two definitely third one he couldn't do much about no but yeah the second goal again um, Gundogan Shoots near post. Weren't even a powerful shot, I didn't think, at all. Nah. And Larice is just all over the place. His limbs are all over the gaff. Don't know what he's doing. And then, for me, the funniest point of the weekend was <laughs> Edison pinging a ball over the top to Gundogan. I don't get why defenders don't realise that Edison can... He's probably... I think he's got the world record for the furthest p- person to be able to kick a, yeah. a football... It's ridiculous. I think it's like eighty meters or something from when he kicks and it to when it hits the like floor. A hoof. It's like he's actually fully yeah, z- yeah, it. zinging it. It's unbelievable. And you've seen it. They did it um, a couple of years ago, and Aguero loved the keeper. And they've done it here against that. Davison Sanchez, bless his cotton socks, <laughs> trying to get back into position. Oh. Gundogan is sent into the shops, and did you see him try and block the ball? Sat him down completely. He's tried to do a JT in the World Cup. <laughs> Trying to stop the ball with his head, but it looks like he's just been tasered by the police at a knocked out. Yeah, he looks like he's been tasered by the police at a protest or something. He's just passed out on the floor. I was creasing, I was. Sent him to sleep. Sent him to sleep. Um, But that's City now, seven points clear of a game in hand, and I think it's pretty much their title now. You got to think, they've got De Bruyne coming back soon. Um, Aguero still isn't even starting. They've maybe got room to add a striker in the summer, like, I don't know. It's all speculation, Haaland or someone on that level, and you think they're just going to go strength to strength. And I think what you've got to give Pep credit for is, as good as City have been, they did start to have ageing players in their team. So we saw with company, he ended up retiring. David Silva left. Fernandinho, Aguero's getting a bit older. All that core that yeah. have given them so much success over the years was starting to age and starting to fall away. But they've gone a bit under the radar. They brought in Diaz and um, they brought in Rodri last year as well. And these players now getting up to speed with the Premier League. I think that with people like Foden, um, Sterling, Stones, Diaz... They he just could, gets the best out of everyone, yeah, don't he? They, they could really have an era of dominance over the next five to ten years where you see them win like yeah, seven or eight Premier League titles, which isn't good for a neutral, but you know, as, as silly as they spent their money in, in the early years with like Rubinho's and all them, mm. Adebayor's and all them players, or was Benjani and Adebayor or someone like that. Um, I think, yeah, they're starting to spend a lot of sensible money now. Um, Big Sam's men hold Manchester United to a draw. West Brom won, Man United won. It's all starting to crumble a bit for United now, isn't it? I I said on my first podcast, I could see this coming. Now he's getting a lot of luck in and around um, with a lot of their results with penalties and deflected goals, this, that and the other. Uh, six points from their last five games now, and it could have been worse. I thought West Brom should have won the game. Yeah, they had the better t- chances by far. That Dianne starting to look like a real handful, and I'm just confused. He looks good, he does. Yeah, he does look good. I mean, he definitely should have scored two. Yeah. The one ball that was, I think it was Furlong who put it in, the right back of quite like mm. in, to be fair. He's put it in. It's beautiful. Oh, it's beautiful. And it's just bounced up, and 
the end, he got his feet mixed up. He's gone with the outside yeah, of his right foot. He should have gone with his left foot. Um, and then the one where he's put Harry Maguire under pressure. Maguire's all over the place. He does I, that a lot, Maguire, where he he just goes down too easily and mm. expects to get the foul. Never a foul. To be fair, I thought there'd have been a lot of controversy if it was given because defenders often get them decisions. Mm. Any, I'd say not. I'd say maybe fifty percent of the times a defender is tackled, it's not even a foul. But because yeah. a defender goes down, and if they don't blow, it's going to be pretty much a goal or a one-on-one or something. Yeah. They always end up. They blowing. usually do end up giving them. Which I'm, yeah. I'm, for the ref, for the ref, it's good refereeing not to give it because I don't think it's no. A foul. I don't, yeah, I see it a lot of the time with a lot of um. And it stops. It, it should hopefully if they do that more often, it should stop defenders going down too easily. If, they know they're going to get shafted by it because there's no way he, he couldn't have stayed on his feet there. Yeah, most definitely. Um, uh, the, the, yeah, so Dianya, De Gea saves him there. He had another chance yeah. as well. Obviously, they scored early on. United's goal, I thought Bruno's goal was really well oh, taken. But the point for this game for me where I almost lost the plot with football was the the, the penalty that United were given when Maguire yeah. was offside. I, I didn't understand it whatsoever. Right, so if anyone who didn't see it, the ball's come into the box, it's a deep free kick, they're defending on the uh, edge of the 18-yard box, Maguire peels off in his, what, about a foot, a foot and a half offside? Yeah, he's clearly offside, you don't even need the lines to see No, it. and then, as he's running into the box, he gets clipped by, I can't remember, it might have been that, Adoy? Se- Semi-Ajoy, is Ajoy, it? Ajoy, yeah, but yeah, gets clipped, goes down, ref, did he give a penalty? Yeah, he gave yeah, a penalty. Give a penalty. And, they're, they went to VAR for it, and you can clearly see Maguire's offside by it, but they don't draw the lines or anything, and then they're looking over the the tackle that was made, and I actually thought it was a penalty, to be fair. He's, he had his arms over him, and he clipped the back of his legs. I thought, they're going to get a penalty for this. Mm. And I thought, if this happens, this if he's offside by a foot and a half, how can you not... Well, this is where we need to be able to hear the referees. Yeah, 100%. Saying. I was watching the Six Nations on the weekend. You can hear what the referees are saying. You can hear what's going being reported up to... I don't know what rugby's version of Stockley Park is, but you can hear him speaking there, and it's all communicated to the players, to people watching at home, because, you know, is there a rule that we don't know that, oh, the penalty comes before the offside, but if that's the case, why not everyone stand offside and just wait till you get brought? You know, it just seems, yeah. it seems absolutely pathetic to me. Well, it, I actually think that they missed the offside with the penalty because... Oh, they can't have been. They can't the have. Ru- the rule is you check if it's offside and then check if it's a foul. When I don't understand why they checked if it was a foul first. Maybe, maybe, doesn't make maybe sense. we don't know the rules, but to me, I was just sat there scratching my head going, what is going on here? Yeah. And I thought they was actually going to give the penalty. It was a bit like the Pickford mess, weren't it? Where, where Yeah, he should have got sent off even. Sent yeah. off, but they just checked if it was a foul. Where is it offside well, yeah, so not? there, they've contradicted themselves because they've said, that from what I'm gathering, from what they've done there is... Is they was willing to give a penalty for that, yeah. even though Maguire was offside. Mm. But then Van Dijk's offside, and they don't send Pickford off. So you're playing one thing on, even though he's offside, but you won't play the other thing. It's just all over yeah. the place. Um, Man United, I'm, I, I just, I just can't. I look at them and I get so frustrated with their team. You're playing against West Brom. Is there any need to play McTominay and Fred? Nah. Do you know it's what I mean? Just... It's, you know, you've already got one Basaka who isn't the best going forward, so you're quite covered defensively. You've got you're covering for Lindelof and, and fucking Maguire all the time. Mm. They need a centre back to play next to Maguire. They're not going to get rid of Maguire because he costs so much money. And Maguire and Lindelof, you don't work as a unit together. They're both too lumpy and clumpy. Do you think it was a foul for the West Brom goal? 
with I know his hand was across his face. I've, I, it's a 50-50, and it. I, I'd I'd rather see him given than not given. I, I I think it's as a Man U player, you want to see it as a foul. But if I'm a Man U fan, I would not be pissed off with the ref for not giving the foul. I'd be pissed no. off with Lindelof. Yeah, you expect him to be a lot stronger than what he is, and I I, I don't know. I think Eric. You Bonds, can't expect them to be given as a foul, can you? It, no, like you said, not. it's a fifty-fifty. Sometimes they go for you and against you or against you. Yeah, I think I think with United they're just lacking so much creativity. And I was watching this game, and Marcus Rashford frustrates me so much because in his head he's taking always taking too many touches, doing step overs, doing chops, and you think just play it a bit quicker. In his head he's thinking he's Ronaldo, and he just hasn't got the ability Mm. for it yet. And the problem with United is they're not in these games like West Brom. We've seen it with they lost to Sheffield United, didn't they? Um, They're just not creating enough chances they're relying too much on Bruno for the creativity because you've got McTominay and Fred in there who aren't creative I don't think Rashford and Martial are creative from wide areas the problem with them two is they're in between number nines and wingers aren't they so they haven't got the passing or the dribbling or the vision to unlock defences you know I think you could almost argue that playing one matter at right mid in this game would have been better than playing Rashford yeah they just didn't have any urgency about yeah it's just I don't know you know when they just like take too long with the ball instead of like like Bruno would make a run and then they'll just come back and pass it sideways that's they was doing that all game yeah because I feel like United we all know they play their best football when they're sat on the edge of their 18 yard box and they look to counter with the pace of Martial Rashford James might be on the pitch Bruno they go from front to back really quick but it's in these games when teams are a bit harder to break down they've just got very little creativity so you know, you're looking at people like Van der Beek on the bench and stuff like that. So, would this not have been a good game for him to come in and start instead of playing McTominay and Fred? Um, but yeah, who knows? Much better from West Brom and Fort, but they're 12 points adrift with 14 games to go. And with the way Fulham are playing, I think, yeah, they're pretty much banged to rights, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, anything else to add on that game from your point of view? No, I think we pretty much covered that. Just Man United, just I think that now they'll be happy with top four. Yeah, they? 100%. I think they had their little bit of fun a couple of weeks ago, thinking that they're in with a total chance. Yeah, just focus on, mm. put it this way, I think if City were playing Leicester or like a Chelsea, I think they'd be wanting City to win rather than the others. Yeah. I just think that top four for them is a good season because that's what, start of the season, that they'd have been happy with that, wouldn't they? Yeah, 100%. I mean... The top four race is really heating up. We'll get onto that in a little bit. Um, next game, quite an entertaining game. Six goals. Arsenal four, Leeds two. Um, Fort Melier, he, he can join the Lloris club in that first half. And the Allison <laughs> club, he had a, he, I thought he had a stinker yeah, in the first half. Yeah, all the half. keepers are shit recently, yeah, aren't they? Apart got, from Emmy. Yeah, apart from <laughs> Martinez. But, I mean... The first goal, Aubameyang cuts in, shoots near post. And I get the keeper's weight might have been going to the far post because a lot of strikers do try and bend it in that far corner. But we'll get a weak hand to it again. Um, He's faffing around with the ball for the penalty. And, you know, this is unfortunately in the modern era. Teams, this is going to happen, isn't it, when teams try and play out the back. It it is going to go wrong. I'd say once a season it's going to go wrong for you and you're just going to have to be like, okay, that's just the way we play. Um, so yeah that give Aubameyang two goals you know very little work um, 
I thought the third goal that Arsenal scored was really well worked. I thought, do you see that little pass that Sabayas did, that little nutmeg yeah. through to Bellerin? Saka did well bef- before that, yeah. just before that as well. And the then ball. Bellerin shifted it past the defender and shot near a post. I thought the keeper should have done a bit been better again yeah. but three nil up at half time for Arsenal and you're thinking I look to their starting lineup and for the first time this season with Aubameyang back fit Erdegaard st- starting Saka Partey I was thinking this has got the starting of a little decent team they're putting together here mm-hmm. um, yeah and then second half starts I wanted, oh, the fourth goal you thought Smith Rowe crossed it in I thought he shot. I thought it's a cross, yeah. No chance was that a cross. No. It's like an outside the foot. No, cross. no. He's tried to bend it in Beautiful. far corner. Got the technique <laughs> completely wrong. Bamiang was being completely marked there. I, I promise you, if he tried to do that a hundred times, that cross had happened once. It was. I, I don't think he meant it, but Bamiang scores his hat trick. Did you know it's his first hat trick in the Premier League? Well, I thought they got that wrong when they said. Yeah, that. I thought I they got that shot. wrong as well. I was absolutely baffled. I thought surely he scored one before against. I don't know. Fucking yeah. Some shitted last season or something, but yeah, that's his, yeah, that's his first, um, that's his first hat trick in the league. Um, even at four 0 this is the one thing you got to give credit to Leeds for. They brought on two attacking players, Howard Acosta and who's the other one they brought on? Can't quite remember now. Um, but four 0 down, they're the only team in the league where you log. Like, this is going to be a Newcastle all over again. The four four, Chet Tiote last minute. And when they got the two goals, I was like, oh, oh, oh this would be amazing. This one, yeah. Arsenal fans were going to absolute meltdown. But Arsenal shored it up a bit. And they almost had a penalty, didn't they? Leeds. Did you see it where the two players came? Owen oh, squashed in into Bamford. Now I think that's a penalty. Yeah, the, I think if they would have. Gave the penalty that Arsenal had disallowed, they would have gave that one because it was. Yeah. It, that was sort of like a but push as well, weren't it? For me, the only reason they don't give a penalty for this is because not one person's accountable for it because both players sort of sandwiched yeah. Bamford. But did they? Did either player get the ball? No. Have they obstructed Bamford from getting the ball or just yeah. cutting him off? Yeah. So I think that therefore it should be a penalty, but because there's an, a penalty seems like oh, oh, one person's got to tackle someone. In, from now on, you just say, if everyone goes in and double teams someone, it's hard for them to give a penalty because you can't go, okay, you should get a yellow card because both of them have committed the offence there. Yeah. But here's what it is. They could have easily got one there if the ref gave it initially. Yeah, it would have been great for a neutral 4-3 going into yeah. the last 15 minutes. It would have been all over the place. Um, Arsenal fan TV would have been great as well if they bottled this. Yeah, one. to be fair, I thought if Leeds won this, they'd have had a chance at mixing it with like us and Spurs. And, six, yeah, yeah, because... Um, what was, what's the stat? Yeah, if they'd have won this game, it would have put them one point behind Spurs with the same amount of games played, but it weren't meant for them to be on this day. So, yeah. Um, that rounds up the first part of the Premier League games. We'll go into a bit of trivia and then finish off the rest of them. Um, so this one's a bit Villa-orientated for any of the Villa fans out there. I'm looking for which six players have scored 40 or more goals for Aston Villa in the Premier League. All right, okay. All right, yeah, looking for six. Have a little think, and we'll be back for part two in a second.
think of the old trivia question i'll read it out again i'm looking for the top six aston villa players to have scored 40 or more premier league goals for aston villa wrong go on then ben what have you got do i get do i get free hit i forget one wrong i'll give i'll give you one free hit yes so you've got seven guesses you've got to get six right so gabby 74 goals gabby bongle was correct uh york dwight york 60 goals correct um Angal. Juan Pablo Angal. 44 goals, correct. That's three. We're looking for three more. Do you know like the order of like how many goals they've scored? Yeah, I've got yeah. it in front of me. Uh, is he like last on the list then? I'm not saying, Ben, that might give it away. Carew? Uh -uh. John Carew's wrong. That's your lifeline gun. <sighs> I don't know how many Carew got, but yeah. That makes me think it's not Ben Teke then. Dublin Dion Dublin 48 that's number 4 two more I'll, I'll, I'll take joint how many goals both these players got yeah 41 and 42 so they've just scraped it oh. mm, Ben Teke Big Ben charms again 42 for oh. Christian Ben Teke one more 41 goals uh, no, I've got two. Got two here. I think it's either between. Oh, I've got three actually. I think it's either between Ashley Young, Darren Bent, or Gareth Barry because Barry took penalties, didn't he? Is one of them right? One of them is right. Oh, I'm gonna go Barry. I could be wrong. Gareth Barry scored forty-one goals. <laughs> In. I thought you weren't going to get Barry to be fair because obviously you weren't a goal yeah. scorer it's more that, like... I did think I, out of them three it would be the other two I think but yeah. I just thought the penalties they all add up don't they yeah no you've done well there very well there um, continuing with the rest of the Premier League games we had a few decent ones still to go um, Everton nil, Fulham 2 massive three points for Fulham bringing in the Sunderland hero Maggio with a brace mm. Um Fulham looked great in this game. Do you see that chance that Bobby Reid had early on where he's flicked it at the near post and it's looped over from the corner and looped oh, over yeah. it at the post? That would have been an unbelievable goal, that would have. He looks um, a good player, he does. Yeah, and then Harrison Reid, like I said earlier with the whole Valentine's thing, that little ginger. Like, reminds me of Bar Barry Bannon. He had a great shot as well in this game that nearly went in. He looks really sharp. Um, yeah. Proper good player. Fulham now only seven points adrift with a game in hand on Newcastle. Mm. I think they're going to stay up, aren't I'd they? love them to. Well, so I think they're more likely to start than we were with the when we had four games left and yeah. seven points behind. Yeah, they've played 23 games, so they've got 15 games left, seven points adrift. Yeah, definitely a chance. 100%. And, you know, Madge coming and scored two goals. Um, you know, might just be like a... a a debut sort of adrenaline rush and he's he played looked, really well he looked really good but he looked sharp he was, he was 
they've missed that. But, you know, they've had Cavalero, Mitrovic up front. They've, mm. you know, tried it, pretty much everyone at the club up front. It just hasn't worked for them. And, and a bit like Brighton, they've created a lot of chances and they've played well. But they just haven't had that finisher who can it's score proper, goals. Um, like, you can like, see by the movement, it wasn't just luck. That yeah, fox in, fox, yeah fox in the box kind of person, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so we'll actually talk about Newcastle because obviously they lost 2-0 to Chelsea. We might as well talk about them now while yeah. we talk about Fulham. Wilson's got an injury for what looks like six to eight weeks. And what seemed like a good couple of weeks for Newcastle, the way they changed their style of play, went a lot more offensive. In this game, they kind of reverted back to the to Newcastle of old, didn't they? Mm. And I don't know if that's because Wilson's injured or Steve Reeson might be looking at the table now and be thinking, if we can just get another 10 points between now and the end of the season, yeah. we'll stay up. about goal difference maybe against yeah. Chelsea. But yeah, with, without Wilson, they're definitely going to struggle, I think, because he's their goal scorer, aren't they? And Joel Linton just... Joel Linton, could, Joel Linton could be, in the last... Four or five years, the worst Premier League signing ever. If if it, him or, well, actually, I wouldn't even say Kepa now because yeah, Kepa played in this game yeah. actually against Newcastle. Lots he kept a clean sheet, but didn't have much, too much to do. Nah. I think he made one decent save. Um, but Jolington, I think the reported figure was forty, forty-five million pounds, and he's been nothing short of horrendous crap in it. remember that one goal last season where he went one on one and he just fell on the floor <laughs> I was just like you're watching him like what the fuck is going on here like how can someone be so bad um, do you know I feel, I feel, in a way it's like it's very harsh on him because it's not his fault they bought him for 40 odd mil away yeah. they paid for him it's the scouts like what are what have they seen to pay do you know what it is with Newcastle for years obviously Mike Ashley's never put his hand in their pocket so I think they might have lied about that fee to get the fans more excited. There's no way someone's yeah. paid 40 mil for him. 20 mil tops. He was never good in the Bundesliga, was he? Like, I, think I think he scored nine goals for Hoffenheim that season. Yeah, probably. And to pay 40 mil for him just seems absolutely absurd. Um, so after a good couple of weeks for Newcastle, they held on well with nine men last week against Southampton. Mm. I, I thought Newcastle fans might be thinking... Oh, we can finally take a, a, a breath of fresh air now. You know, we, we cut away from the relegation zone by, it would have been 10 points at the time. Um, but then, like you say, Fulham go and get a great win against Everton and the pressure's back on now. Everton win that game in hand. Do you know, do you know what last game of the season is for Newcastle? Is it Fulham? Oh. <laughs> oh. That could be it, they could, it? it could come down to that. If, really if Fulham go into that, just needing a win. You, you'd back you'd Fulham back every Fulham. year. Fulham, Fulham are definitely got more tools to go. I know they've drew a lot of games, but now they're yeah. starting to look like they've got the tools to go on and win a lot of games. Um, yeah, Chelsea 2-0. That's, I think, five wins in six now for Tuchel in the league. Um, looking like a great signing. for Well, great bit of business for Chelsea getting rid of yeah. Lampard. And I thought, it was if you're going to get rid of Lampard, it has to be now or you keep him because they're, apart from Spurs... They had, they've had quite a good couple of fixtures, haven't they? Mm. So I think for someone like a new manager coming in to have a couple of e easy fixtures to bed yourself in. Yeah. Um, They're in that top four place now. Yeah, they? they, they've come from nowhere to be in the top four place. That shows how open this league is. You win four or five games on the spin and you're right up I there. I remember watching the game and I think uh, Burner's just gone off with a bloody lip. And I'm thinking, what a fucking pussy. What is he doing here? And then he's just got come on the pitch, beat the man and just done a... Good crossing to yeah, the box. He, he looks lively. He's looking very, very, very sharp. He looks like he's got a bit of confidence back. I think he, he didn't score since October and that, but he gets a goal this game. Um, Giroud with the other one. Um, I think they're a centre-back and a centre-forward away from being a top 
challenger. Yeah. And I say I know they've bought Werner, but I don't think Werner can leave the line by himself. I think you know sometimes he'll play off the left, or I think he's better with like a big man next to him, like a Giroud or someone. That's how he played at uh, Leipzig, didn't he, with Yusuf Paulson up front with him. Um, and I've got a good squad, haven't they? That's yeah, just Tammy Abraham ain't good enough to lead the line at all at the top nah. level. He's a good backup, I suppose. He's a good backup, but I, I think if they go out and buy a, a top striker, um, on, there's going to be so much talk about Haaland over the next 18 months, but I think whoever gets him is is going to show a lot of strength. And then a centre-back as well, they've reverted back to the back three, haven't they, with Aspilicueta back in there, but they haven't got that one Thiago Silva's agent. They haven't got that mm. one sort of leader in and amongst yeah. the team. To... I and mean, everyone was after the Upa Meccano who's just signed for Bayern, any? Yeah, ridiculous signing of our point of view. That's why the Bundesliga is just ridiculous because imagine City just going and take Liverpool's best, one of their best yeah. young players. Yeah, it's it, the equivalent. It, it literally it? never happened. Like Bayern have had the pick of the talent in that Bundesliga. Lewandowski, they got in a free. Yeah. Um, Kimmich. Neuer from Schalke just over the years just, uh, yeah, yeah just, any good young talent coming through they've been able to pick off a free which obviously is a good business model for them but you have to look at what the other clubs in that Bundesliga are aspiring to do they're all sell-on clubs aren't they apart yeah. from Bayern Munich they all sell to other teams in Europe or buying themselves and you think if you want to put yourself at one of the top echelons of European football I think Dortmund used to have that like deal because there was I think Bayern saved them and then they had like some sort of contract where like Dortmund had to give Bayern their players. Yeah, got the first dibs on them. Well. I think they've got rid of that now, but that was just... So, you can't imagine that in the Prem, could you? No. Like, imagine Celtic and Rangers doing that. just wouldn't yeah. happen. Um, back to the Premier League, we had a 3-0 win for West Ham against Sheffield United. That's six wins in the last eight for West Ham now in the league. Um... I thought they might struggle this game without Antonio, to be fair. They're very short up front. I think yeah. they definitely need a striker in the summer. I thought they probably should have got one in the January transfer, in it, to be fair, because Antonio, as big as his willy is, his hamstrings are made <laughs> of cheese, aren't they? So, um, But they play Bowen down the middle, look lively. Um, they play a similar formation at the minute to how Chelsea plays. Sort of, you've got the back five, two midfielders, and then the front three are all very inter-rotational. Yeah. You had Lanzini... Um, Lingard. Lingard and Bowen up front this time rotating. Um, yeah, got their first penalty of the year after 24 games and before the Chelsea game kicked off, that this put them in the top four, put them above Liverpool. Absolute stellar season for them so far. I was quite surprised that Rice was the penalty taker, to be fair, because obviously, like you said, they had a penalty for ages. I was you kind expect- of forget, don't you? Yeah, well, it's been noble for ages, hasn't it? For yeah. Them? But he's kind of past it now, I can't. I reckon he'll probably go at the end of the season. Well, I'll put this in the I'll put this in the notes. To be fair, with the way West Ham are playing this season, obviously there's a lot of talk of Declan Rice in the summer going to Chelsea, weren't there? It looked like it was yeah. going to be on, and it never happened. He stayed for another year, and I think a lot of people thought West Ham would probably finish between tenth and fifteenth. Well, I, I thought they'd get relegated. Yeah, you thought they'd get relegated. So then I think Chelsea thought, okay, we'll just get him next summer then. Yeah. Um, there'll be a year left, a year less on his contract, so we might be able to get a bit cheaper than what we would be this year. But if they finish, I don't personally think they're going to finish top four. Nah, they won't finish. But well, they, you never know. You never know. You never know. But I do think they will finish in a top seven spot. Yeah. Um, and if they, that's what they'll be aiming if, for. If they are playing Europa League football, what price are they going to put on Declan Rice's head? Well, if we're playing Europa League football and we're starting to attract a lot better talent now. Mm. What, 
I don't see how Declan Rice gets out of gets out of playing for him to well, be honest unless just, he puts in a transfer thing, request the thing is these transfers what West Ham will ask for is never going to be worth it for what Chelsea would want to pay for him you, they'll just the logical thing is to go abroad and look elsewhere but it's obviously more risky yeah I mean what price point would you put on Declan Rice's head well, they had eight, we, we, we've seen it as a neutral so they had 80 mil at the start of the season so it's going to be more than that now but I think 80 mil is probably about right yeah, I, I 100% think that 80 mil is probably a bit, maybe a bit too much, but you have to obviously... He's young as well, and he? He's going to have a good 10 years. Yeah. He doesn't rely on pace, so his football intelligence is only just going to get better. Um, I think I, I think for him to go on to be a top player, I think he should actually mould himself into a centre-back at a top team. Yeah, I agree with that. You can do it at West Ham in the midfield, but I think going forward, maybe he's a midfielder, he's not quite good enough, whereas if he's a defender, he can play with the ball... He's not exactly slow, um, and he reads the game really well. So I think, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that develops in the uh, in the summer transfer. And I think it should be very interesting. Um, there were another two games on this weekend, but I don't want to spend too much time on them because already after twenty four games, we've got middle table clashes that just yeah. mean and a lot. We had um, Palace three nil away to. Burnley winning 3-0 away to Crystal Palace, sorry. Can I just say, Pal- Palace looks fucking crap this game. I, I ain't going to lie, you know. I've just said it's a nothing game, but I don't think Palace are out the relegation battle with the way Fulham are playing. Out of all of them, out of all the teams, I'd say you've got Newcastle and Palace who would be like, we'd definitely think, not say. I think I saw Palace on 29 points. Yeah. They probably will pick up points between yeah, now. Yeah. But yeah, they definitely will. To get 29 points after 24 games, that's a decent return, to yeah, be fair. Yeah, but they're just they but When they're so bad, bad, they're bad, aren't they? When they're, they're so bad, bad, they're bad. But yeah, and then we had Southampton 2-1 against Wolves. There's a couple of VAR controversies in there. I don't know how Southampton didn't get a penalty. <laughs> the Wolves players dove down to head the ball with his arms out, missed completely missed the ball, it's hit his arm, and they haven't given it, a penalty. It's 100%, that was more of a penalty. Penalty than the one that Wolves got eye for. Definitely, yeah. And then there was another one in the first half, similar to the Wolves one, where I think it was Ings' shot, and it's hit the Wolves player's arm as he's gone to block it. Pretty much the oh, same okay. as the... So I think Southampton can feel a bit hard done by, but out of these two, they obviously played each other in the week in the FA Cup. Who would be happier? Would you be happy with the three points in the league or going through to the quarters in the uh, FA Cup? Mm, FA Cup, definitely, for these. Yeah, 100%. Could, because like we say, we, we think these are both mid-table yeah. clashes now. You know, Southampton are a winner against Bournemouth away from playing at Wembley. Well, they've got, they've got yeah, Bournemouth in the next round. And yeah. then after that, any anything can happen in two games, can't it? Yeah, but Southampton, their league form, six defeats in a row in the league now. That is getting pretty... Mm. It's getting to the point now where it, it, it's, you know, they ain't going to be far off records being broken. Yeah. And I don't know what records are for defeats and in the they're league. They're not playing but... bad enough to be... They're not playing great, but they're not playing bad enough to lose six. No, they've just lost a bit of venom up front, haven't they? Um, so yeah, that, that's the roundup for the Premier League game. I think it. I think oh, six on, is the most they've ever had, not even in the Premier League. Just yeah, really? Ever? Yeah. So that's a roundup of the weekend's Premier League games. It's decent game week, to be fair. How'd you do on your fantasy? I ain't checked, mate, but probably shit because yeah. all my players are either injured or stop playing. Yeah, true. Right, on to the next part now. It is back, everyone. I would try and sing the Champions League song, but my, <laughs> my voice won't go quite high enough. I've got... This is my favourite trivia question we've done so far. It might take a little bit of a while to get through, right? right? But as the Champions League is back, I thought there's only one way to come... Well, I thought there's only one question to really ask you. And I'm looking for... European Cup or Champions League winners... Mm. Yeah. 
who have won it but don't play in a top five league in Europe. So they don't play in the Premier League, don't play in the Bundesliga, don't how, play in League... How uh, many is there? I don't know. Oh, I'll, have okay. to, I'll have to go through and look now, to be fair. Um, I'll, I'll ta- I will tell you. So, yeah. European Cup winning teams who okay. don't play in the top five European leagues. So they're obviously the Prem, the oh, Bundesliga. So they can be in the Championship. I thought you'd miss out on that. Yeah, yeah, they're close. yeah, 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 yeah okay. obviously. Right, so have a little think of that one, everyone, and we'll be back after this short interlude. back with the Champions League trivia there are 10 answers I've just counted I'll give you one post and I'll give you two clues if you start to struggle okay. so we are looking for Champions League winners or European Cup winners what it was previously called who have won obviously Cup winners who have won outside the Europe's top five leagues currently so who have you got so we've got Porto Ajax well, well, can I say yes or no alright okay right who have you got <laughs> Porto. Correct. Obviously, they won it in 2004 under Mourinho. I think they won it once more as well. Ajax. Ajax, yeah. Obviously, early 70s with Cruyff and that. So, there's two. Nottingham Forest. Forest. Won it back-to-back in the late 70s, yep. And but, now, now, now I struggle. <laughs> right, so we're struggling on three. Seven more to go. <laughs> I've got here Benfica. Benfica with Eusebio in the early 1960s. Did you know their manager actually has got a curse on them? Huh? their manager fell out with their board or whatever at the time and he said okay. for, you won't win another European Cup for 100 years and they, I think they got to like three or, I think they've been to like six or seven finals since then I'm not sure but yeah so Benfica okay. four uh, I've gone with Slavia Prague because I feel like there's one something like that in there Slavia Prague is not correct no fuck oh no uh, oh Alright, okay. Can I have a clue? Right, using one of your two clues, early yeah. doors. Yeah. You've said Ajax. There's another Dutch team. Maybe, well, maybe two. There might be two more. Okay, I've got here Feyenoord. Feyenoord is correct. There's five. And then if there's one more I've got also got here. PSV. PSV, 1988, that's six. Okay. Four more with one clue. Yeah, I'm using another clue. Another clue. Um, hmm. You might find this club on a McDonald's menu. <laughs> what? <laughs> I think this is a great clue. Oh, 
that has thrown me completely. It's like a little puzzle now, isn't it? You might find this club or that part of their name on a McDonald's McDonald's menu. I hope there's someone listening to this podcast screaming it down in their car or something. I'm just going to name stuff on the menu and see if she's... Well, I'll give give you a clue. It's not McFlurry. (laughs) (laughs) That actually doesn't help me at all. Um, I'm surprised you haven't got one. If I said Lisbon Lions, what would you think? Sporting Lisbon. No. Lisbon Lions. That's what the group of people called that won it because it's where they won it. They won it in Lisbon. Has the Scottish team won it? Dunno. Nah. Well, I do know. I've got the answers in front of me, but I ain't going to give you anything away. Oh, no. Uh, We're going to have to rush you in. Red Star, Belgrade. Red Star Belgrade are correct, 1991. Is that one of the hard ones? Because that's one of, the ha- one of the weird ones, I know. Yeah, that's one of the harder ones, yeah. Um, How many is that that you've had? You give me Porto, PSV, Red Star, left. Forest, Ajax, Feyenoord, and Benfica. I'm going to go Celtic. Celtic were the Lisbon Lions in 1967, correct? Two more. Have I, got, I haven't got the Mackies clue. Yeah, I've got the Mackies one. And there's another team in 1986, so that would have been the year of the Chernobyl explosion in Ukraine. Dynamo Kiev? No. I don't know. You've lost this week's trivia, Ben. We were looking for Stal Bucharest. Okay. And Hamburg. Oh, okay. Hamburger. Oh, and the, they're in the yeah. second division. Second now, division okay. of Germany, aren't they? So that was. I hope you all enjoyed that trivia. I enjoyed that trivia. I thought that was a great little question, yeah. personally. That was a tough one, though. It was a tough one. Um, so just a little look ahead to the midweek games. I'm so happy it's back. I can't wait for that woman screaming into the. Oh, it's going to be. <clears throat> Champions League is my favourite. Um, Barcelona versus PSG on the Tuesday night. Barcelona on and off the pitch. Absolutely in the mud. <laughs> Financially, all over the place. Players yeah. all over the place. They're third in the league at the minute. I think their spending over the years has been horrendous. Like, you look at their team and you're like, Where? they've spent so much money on this team. Mm. 140 mils for Coutinho. Don't even know how much Griezmann was. Osman Dembele. Osman Dembele. Just horrendous from start to finish. But they're going up against a PSG team who are going to be without Neymar because his sister's getting married or something like that. <laughs> or, or it's her birthday or some bollocks like that. That would be uh, big for them, I think. Yeah. That's the only chance I'm going to give Barca of getting something out of this because Neymar is a quality player. For yeah, them. and I think he'd have been going back there to prove a point. Do you prefer Neymar or Mbappe? Um, I mean, in terms of likability, I think I'd go Mbappe. Yeah. But in terms of talent at the moment, I would have to say Neymar. I, I'd, I'd agree with you there as well. Oh, it, it might sound a bit rave, but what, uh, is there not much of a difference between Mbappe and Rashford? Well, I think Mbappe has actually got worse since yeah. he played at that 
World Cup. I do as well. Him. I don't. I don't think he's been. Every every time I watch him in the Champions League, he you know he misses a lot of chances. He just seems like a bit of a counter-attacking pace merchant. Mm. It'd be great for Crystal Palace. Don't get me wrong, he's still a class. No, player, he's still a but... class player, but I, I think there's a bit. I think the hype kind of out-stimulates yeah. his. Um... Sometimes get that with these young players that hit the scene early. They kind of just they don't have the potential that people make them out to be just because they're young. It don't mean that they're going to go at the pace of someone else that's yeah. young and. Obviously, playing. PSG under um, the new manager. Mr. Pochettino, their finest last year. They'll be looking to better that this year. Yeah, they played in that historic six-one, didn't they? Obviously, probably the best Champions League last game time ever. These two players. Yeah, um, since Neymar's been at PSG, we just spoke about him being injured. He's only played forty-eight percent of all the possible league minutes that he could have played. Mm. So he's pretty much been injured for half the league time he's been at PSG, which isn't good. Um, where, where PSG in their league because it's very tight this year I haven't got it right to date actually have a look have a look but I know it's between like them because I know that Leon it's yeah. a lot more Monaco are going well as well it's a lot more competitive this year than what it has been in previous years I think they might be top but have played a game extra um, I just hope that this game isn't you see a lot with first legs don't you in the Champions yeah, they're, League they're not even top they're seconds Lille top oh Lille yeah um, but you see a lot of the Champions League games the first legs are often boring and they p- teams try and take it 0-0 back to their place or try and nip one away goal and you, so I just hope you know I, did you prefer the format last year where it was the one game shootout yeah well what what I think about the Champions League is when it's like two teams like this you just I don't think it's like the Prem where it's like they're going to defend Cancel each other out these yeah. European teams like to just attack no matter who they're playing so I think that there will be goals in this yeah and then also on Tuesday the game I'm probably most excited for this week is RB Leipzig versus Liverpool Leipzig are in great form with five wins in their last six looking to take advantage of a Liverpool team with zero confidence um I think there's a lot of interesting battles all over the pitch. For me, I think the one is going to be Angelino versus Trent down that right or left-hand side, whichever way you look at it. Because remember when they played United? Do they play a three-back? Yeah, they play three at the back with um, Angelino on the one side. And over like Mukiele or something. Yeah, I remember that when he just tore United Yeah, in that first half, he was just free. And obviously Trent locks to go forward. And I've said on this podcast quite openly how bad Trent is can be at defending. Um, They are without Limer, I think, is a good player for him. But... Yeah. Sabitzer's a good player it's a bit, well. yeah watch out for a few of these Leipzig boys Paulson up front Danny Alamo who came in from Salzburg as well the Spanish guy he's another top class player so I think this is going to be a frantic game I do I think it's going to be very high I, I love like, Nagelsmann a lot the way he presses his teams up the pitch and this and is the, like a it's in a neutral ground as well and it's did you say Portugal it was in yeah yeah um, so yeah this should be a good game Uh on Wednesday, on paper, these teams on Wednesday aren't as exciting as Tuesday's fixtures. We've got Ronaldo returning to Portugal to face Porto. Um, should be a decent game. Juve under Perlo haven't been as scintillating as they've been in previous years. They're currently sitting fourth in the league. Um, but I think, you know, they're craving that Champions League, haven't they? They haven't won it for 24 years and, you know, they've been very dominant in Italy but haven't quite took that over to the European mm. side. We know what Ronaldo's like in the Champions League. He lives for these days, yeah. don't he? Especially going to Porto. He like, grew up playing for Sporting, didn't he? So I'm pretty sure there's a bit of hatred and a bit of rivalry there. Um, how do you see this one going? Yeah, I think... I think this one will be the most boring out of all. Yeah, of but I think Porto just one of them teams. They always get to the knockouts, don't they? Because I, yeah. I think they're always like a seed pot one team where it counts as one of the yeah, yeah. good ones. So they usually go through the groups and then just get knocked out in this stage. Yeah. 
Yeah, you Juve should win this one comfortably. Yeah, and then uh, onto Sevilla versus Dortmund. Few injuries for Dortmund. They're missing Delaney, Hazard, Witzel, Munier. So the squad is quite depleted. Um, and they have been playing shit in the league. Yeah, they might not even be in the Champions League next season. They're sick for the minute, and they're you know they're battling with the likes of Munch and Gladbach and Frankfurt for you know those top four or five places. So they might not even be playing in it next year. They're sixteen points behind Bayern. Uh, so I think this will be an interesting tie. But we talk about Ronaldo stepping up in the Champions League. Erling Haaland, 16 goals in 12 Champions League games. That is absolutely... This is where he came onto the scene, isn't it? In yeah. In matches last year. Yeah, playing for Salzburg, weren't it? Yeah. Um, I remember the one goal he scored. I can't remember who it was. I think it might, it might have been for Dortmund. I can't remember who it was against. It might have been PSG, where he shot. And the, the way the ball hit the net and just sprang out the net and you hear the net ringing. And it was just like, oh, God, his left foot is unbelievable so he'll be looking to add to that I think that would be a really good game Sevilla are doing alright in La Liga I think um, but I think more eyes will be on Dortmund obviously they've got a, a lot more star yeah. quality in their team obviously United fans will be looking at Sancho see how he plays because he hasn't been on fire yet but he's starting to get back up there from what his uh, statistics show um, obviously while we talk about Europe might as well go into the Europa League as well there's some decent ties to be fair in the Europa League. The problem with the Europa League is at the minute you still got a lot of shit teams in there, right? you know, like Mulder, Young Boys, Antwerp. All these yeah. teams will probably wouldn't even play Premier League football if you put their club in there. They get relegated. Um, you know, standout tie for me is probably Sociedad versus United. Yeah. Oh, that is a good one. Yeah, because they've got a few good players, haven't they? Yeah. Sociedad. That. O- Oyo Oyo. Bazal. I can't even say his name. <laughs> He's got a Basque name, hasn't he? Yeah. Oya Rizabal. No, they've got the Isaac Gieser's man. Isaac, yeah, he, he scored five in five. He was on the youth books at Dortmund. Didn't quite work out for him. He went to Willem two, I think, in mm. the second division or the top flight of the Eredivisie. And then he's moved on to Sociedad, where he scored a few goals this season. That Oyeres oh, Bazal, whatever his name is, has scored 10 goals in 18 league games. So I think he's going to be one to watch. Um, that Isaac as well, his stature reminds me, you know, that Diania for West Brom that they struggled against the weekend. About six, yeah. six foot three, so you know. I think this is a game where Eric Boy needs to come in, or even Axel to and say, but just give a bit more pace to help Maguire out to look because mm-hmm. um, he's going to cause a lot of problems, I think. Um, so yeah, that's the Champions League coming back. I think all the English teams, Europa League, I don't see it as like a until the last four, I don't care. Yeah, it just doesn't really mean anything, but for teams like Spurs, I feel like this is their. They need a trophy, don't they? So that'll be yeah, the ones really that yeah. look out for. I think even United as well. I think and United, United are looking out. I think United are looking good for top four, and I think they will do. But with the squad depth they've got, they should be able to get to the last four with a relatively mm. rotated team. You know, people like Tellez coming in, Boye, two and Zay. Because it's so hard to win a trophy in England with Man City. It's like the pressure builds up on these managers. Yeah, everyone. They keep... haven't won a trophy in this long yeah. or whatever. Everyone keeps speaking about uh, like. You know, United haven't won a trophy since Mourinho and Spurs haven't won one for 10 years and that. But with how dominant City have been in the Europa, uh, with, with the Carabao Cup and the FA Cup and the league, you know, there's the three trophies. Yeah. There's not a lot left for anyone else, really, mm-hmm. is there? So it's one of them. But yeah, that's the first podcast back for a week. Um, Try and get, try and do enough on Friday where we speak about all the Champions League and Europa League shenanigans and give a little look ahead to the Premier League weekend of games ahead um so yeah hope you've enjoyed we'll speak to you again soon peace